Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Are you excited to be here? I'm glad you guys are so um, encouraging because I'll need all the encouragement I can get this morning. Uh, last night I was talking to my little one. She's seven, and I said, because Andreas is away, so when he's away, she bathes with me, she sleeps with me, she sits on me, she, wa- she is attached to me when daddy is away, because it's her right when he's away. Um, and it's nice, but sometimes I just need a little bit of space. But I was saying to her this morning, we have to get up, I have to get up early because I still have to wash my hair. And she said, are you going to curl your hair or are you going to stra- keep your hair straight? And I said, I don't really know. Why do you think? And she said, I think you should wear it straight. So I said, why do you think that? She said, because I think people want to accept you just the way you are. I said, oh, sweetheart, because see, she's the one with the real natural curls, and she thinks it's not fair that I fake it, Um, and she thinks people think I actually have curly hair, so I hope you can accept me with my straight hair this morning. So good. I'm really excited about the word, but um, I think some people were a little bit shy earlier when they asked for newcomers, because I see at least 10 faces that I know is here for the very first time this morning. So I want to ask you again to not be shy. Can you raise your hand if this is your first time at Life Church? Oh my goodness. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. You are so, so welcome here. Um, I want to, because I have the microphone and Andres is not here, I can take liberty. I want to give each of you a gift this morning on the church's account. Um, we have beautiful Life Church journals in the black, leather-bound journals. And if you raised your hand because you were brave and courageous to do so, please go see Marcus in the back. Marcus, just do a big wave. He's at guest services, and he would love to give you a journal, a gift from us, to say thank you for joining us, and we hope you can use that to write all the beautiful things that the Lord shares with you every morning or evening, every evening when you make time for him. Okay, uh, I've got my notes here. Andreas is in... Oh, so for those of you who are new here, I don't usually preach. Oh, I got the wrong password. Hold one sec. And I don't know how many more exclamation marks I can add to the end of my passwords. (laughs) Um, He is usually up here preaching. Um, He is in Connecticut right now with my son. He's in a hockey tournament. And um, he's in, my son's in boarding school now, so he gets boarding school food. So last night he took him to a really nice restaurant to eat some good steak. It was a big highlight of my son's year, I'm sure. Um, and tonight they're going to go watch his two favorite baseball teams, the Yankees and the Red Sox, are playing in New York tonight. So that's like on my son's little bucket list. So they're really excited, but he'll be back tomorrow, and he'll be back here next week. So this week I have the mic, and I can correct things that he has said wrong in the past, Um, and I'm excited for this freedom that I have. So I'm going to admit, we're in a series talking about the Holy Spirit, and I, Andres and I have been talking about it since before when we felt that this is a series we want to take all of us through. I feel a little bit like that um, American Native um, man in that legend, I'm sure some of you know it, that saw the ocean for the first time. 
he came out from the mountains and went down to the ocean and he saw it for the first time and he was moved to tears when he saw it for the first time. And he was just, he had no words. Just the majestic beauty of a magnitude of water all put together in one place. It is breathtakingly beautiful. And we are all so blessed that we live in a place where we get to see it all the time. But I remember going to the coast every vacation that we had. When we get through the last mountain pass, my dad would say, two rands for the person who sees the ocean for the first time. And we'll all be like, oh, let's see it, let's see it. And I remember, I still remember now, I can have that, I can almost experience it again because I've seen it. Just that feeling of... It's, it's, it's incredible. It is just so powerful as a body of water that's just, it's just, you guys know what I mean. It's just incredible. But what happens is this American native man, he went down to the water and he was playing in the water a little bit, feeling it and touching it for the very first time. And then he pulled out a little clay pot and he put some water in it and he put the lid on. And the guy that was with him said, what, what are you doing? He said, I am taking some salt water, ocean water, back to my people because, you know, my people have never seen or experienced the ocean. And seriously, right? Do you think they can experience or even try to understand what this man saw and experienced by looking at some water in a clay pot? It's not possible. And that's how we feel when we come and share on the Holy Spirit. Like there is, it's like a little clay pot. This is really all I can share with you today. A little piece of who the Holy Spirit is. Because as we learned over the last few weeks, he's not a spiritual force. He's not a cloud. He's not, he is a person that wants a personal relationship with you. And within the Trinity, I have very distinct relationships in a way with the Father, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit, it looks different. And my relationship with the Holy Spirit, how He shows up in my life, how I access His um, gifts every day of my life, it, it's so majestic and so life-altering that I, I cannot explain it to you. But I'm coming with humility this morning, and I'm trusting that you are too, that we can all dig in a little deeper and try to, in words, access a little bit more of the power and the beauty of who the person of the Holy Spirit is. Um, we all know that the Holy Spirit was sent, right? And he came for one main job. What is that? He came to be our helper. Good job, helper. And who here would agree with me that in today's day and age, to try and live as a Christian... We need a lot of help. I need help going to Savon some days. I need help in our kiss and go at the school drop-off. I need lots of help there. Because it is frustrating sometimes to see how some people drive. And I need the gifts of the Spirit to come in and surround me so I can look a little bit like Jesus in those moments. Right? We need all the help we can get. Um, and the... The way he helps us looks different in different seasons of our lives. So there's three postures that we have basically summed it up into. Three different postures that the Holy Spirit take with us. The Holy Spirit sometimes is with us. The Holy Spirit is sometimes in us. And the Holy Spirit is sometimes comes upon us. 
in scriptures, there's references to all of those. Sometimes he's with us, sometimes he's in us, sometimes he comes upon us. And that is what we'll be digging in over the next two weeks. Today, I will mainly speak about what it means when the word says the Holy Spirit is with us. Um, and Andreas next week will go into the in us and upon us. So um, the Holy Spirit kind of goes on a relational journey with us, each one of us since the day we're born until the day we die. He goes on a relational journey with us, and in different seasons, it looks different. It's kind of like dating, right? First, you see somebody. That's kind of where it starts, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to get the person's number. Now I'm going to send them a, a Snapchat, and then it goes to like something more personal like Instagram, and then it goes to text, and then you text every morning, and, and, it goes, and then there's the first date, and then there's the first kiss, and it moves in intimacy until they get married. And then there's even that season of growing old together. That is a different depth than just being intimate together, even though that's pretty amazing. But um, you know what I mean. Now, I also have to say, when Andreas took me on our first date, this is one of those things I have to correct. He tells everybody that I don't actually remember exactly what he said. But... On our very first date, he was supposed to just take me to the movies and then maybe the next date hold my hand. But no, on our very first date to the movies, he tried to kiss me. And I know he's told people that I tried to kiss him, but it's not true. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows from now on forward the truth that Andreas kissed me on our very first date. Completely not okay, okay? For those of you who are dating... Do not try to kiss your girlfriend on the first, or the girl on your first date. It's not godly. Okay. Let's open up our Bibles. <laughs> Let's open up our Bibles and read. Um, the scripture is going to be on the screen. This is the scripture we're basically going to look at all morning. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, John 14, verse 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now let's look at verse 17 there. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. So in that last part, we see two of the postures. He's going to dwell with you, and he will be in you. Now, I'm sure you guys can agree with me that you can be with something without being in something. Right? So it's possible that the Holy Spirit can be with you without being in you. And I know I can see some heads are going, this is blasphemy. I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. The Holy Spirit can be with you without being in you. It's two different postures. I'm going to ask two people that's going to be brave enough to maybe get their name, get an answer wrong and embarrass themselves. But you have the chance of winning one of our Live Church t-shirts. Any two volunteers want to come to the front? Okay, come Ryan. You come here. Anybody else? Come on, brave people. Oh, good. What's your name? Gavin. Gavin. Oh, you're the PE teacher at Delta Christian School. Ah, oh, it's a PE teacher at Delta Christian School. 
Last week, my daughter was like, my PE teacher was at church. It was the, it was the highlight over here. Okay, first question, Ryan. How do you think, is it possible that the Holy Spirit can be with you without being in you? I don't know. Okay, well, you get a t-shirt. Okay. It's easy. I'm an easy, easy. You can go. You can go. You lost here. Eliminate it. Um, how do you think is the Holy Spirit in you, but not with you? Okay, you get a t-shirt too. Well, just keep it simple. Guys, I'm so glad that I'll be able to teach you all something this morning. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is in a person when they say yes to Jesus and they start following Jesus. And they say, Jesus, I want you and only you. I don't want to do this life on my own. I accept you. I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that you sent Jesus to be on the cross to die for my sins. And I now am a new creation in Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of me. Hallelujah. That's when the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is with you before that point. I'm going to explain, I promise. That's how you get saved. You get saved because the Holy Spirit is with you. From the moment you can know the Holy Spirit is with you and he's chasing you down and he's chasing you down and he's pursuing you every single day of your life until you say yes to Jesus and then the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. So what do I mean with a person who doesn't follow Jesus and why am I saying that? Because God created each and every single one of us for many purposes and many callings. But the one main purpose, each and every single one of us was created, were created, was created. You know, which one? Created. Was to have a personal relationship with God. He made you in his image for the purpose of having a relationship with you. That's why we were made. That's, that's the main reason why you were made. For the purpose of having a relationship with him. Now, are you born having a relationship with him? No. So the Holy Spirit's job is to chase you down your whole entire life. No matter what you go through, he's right, right there. And he's doing two things the whole time. And I'm going to explain them in a bit because he's like, he's relentless. He's like, I got to get this person to walk in this person's purpose. I do not want this person to end their life without finding their ultimate purpose. I'm going to keep chasing this person down until this person finds their ultimate purpose. And that is the relational journey that the Holy Spirit is on with every person. To start, he starts it to convince us and to make us realize that we were created for a purpose, and that is to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit has been called by some the hound of heaven. No disrespect. The Hound of Heaven. And it comes from a poem that was written in the 1800s. So some writers and authors and preachers and uh, theologians have referred to the Holy Spirit over the years as the Hound of Heaven. Um, Francis Thompson is the man who wrote this poem in the 1800s. He was a medical, he was a med student, med school student. And he um, got into a depression and started using drugs ended up um, addicted to opium, 
And the more he was addicted, the more depressed he became. And the more depressed he became, the more addicted he became. And we know that cycle, and we know what that cycle looks like. And eventually he tried to commit suicide to somehow escape this dark life that he has gotten himself into. And the whole poem, 182 lines of the poem, is basically his testimony of how he's been running from God, the hound of heaven who's been chasing him his whole entire life. So to just give you a little feel of the poem, some of the words, it says, I fled him. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him. Down the arches of the years, I fled him. Down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind. Then he describes God's pursuing him with these words. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace. With an unhurrying chase and an unperturbed pace, the Holy Spirit chases, chases after those of us and those out in the world who do not have a relationship with Jesus. And why? Why did he experience this hound of heaven chasing him down? Why did the Holy Spirit keep hunting him? He was making all these decisions. Let him just be. Let him make his own decisions. Because the Holy Spirit is looking at him and he's saying, Francis, I created you for great things. And I've created you for a relationship with me. And if you can just accept me, your life can look different because you will step into your purpose. And when you find your purpose, you will find fulfillment. And when you find fulfillment, you will find power. You will find comfort. You will find strength. You will find courage. You will find the life that you were created to live. He's there to help Francis Thompson because he came as the helper. I love that. I, I love how the Holy Spirit is relentless. That's how much He loves us. We will try to help people, and then after a while, if they stop and they make, keep making the same mistakes, we'll be like, I'm done. I've, I've done my part. No, not the Holy Spirit. He's like, I will never stop. And maybe even some of you are here this morning, and you realize that that is what you've been sensing in your life. There's something that just never stops coming after you telling you that there's something greater, there's something bigger. Allison is not here today. Allison is a great example. She, I hired her as a health coach year, a couple of years ago, and um, she was not a believer, and we started a relationship and became good friends, now really good friends. Um, but she, after a while, came to church one day, and she came the first week, and she's like, when do we stand? When do we sit? Where's the Bible? Where's the crosses? Where's everything? And she's like, this is kind of weird. But the Holy Spirit was chasing her. And the second week, she's like, I got to go back. And she came back. And the third week, she came. And she said, I want it all. I'm not holding nothing back. She's like, Jesus, you, you have all of me because I want all all of you. And I want to hold nothing back. And I want you, Jesus, to hold nothing back. Everything of who I am, let it become everything of who you are. And I remember speaking her to, that, to her that night, and she said, everything looks different. That is what the Holy Spirit can do. 
And even over the years and months and years now, she, she says she looks back at her life and she can see in all of the dark seasons, there was always here and there just like a little bit of light, just a little bit of hope, a little bit of breakthrough, a little bit. And she recognizes now that was the Holy Spirit chasing her down her whole entire life. What a beautiful, beautiful gift she has received. That's why he is with us. He's with us until we live fully for him. So let's see here. What does the Holy Spirit do when, he, when we say, when the word says he is with the unbeliever? Um, why is he with us? I said two things. I said he does two things. So the two things I'm going to show you quickly. The first thing is John 16, verse 8 to 9. Jesus again. And he says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. I'm not going to go into all of that. That's for next week. The first part, he will convict the world of sin. That is one of the things that he does. Now, what exactly does that mean? He convicts, convicts the world of sin. He's chasing. He's staying behind you. He's right there and he's saying, you've been created for a purpose. You're missing the purpose. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Your life is going to stay like this until you come to me because you are choosing right now to still be a sinner. But I am here so that you can be saved from this life of sin. That's what it means to say that he's convicting the world of sin. The sin of unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief. If we go back to that scripture, you see that verse 9 of sin because they do not believe in me. That is the sin. It's a singular sin. It's not plural sin. The Holy Spirit is not there with that person saying, oh, you took more drugs today. You're going to hell. Oh, you, are, you just lied today. Oh, you were gossiping today. Oh, when you're lying in bed at night, he's not going, see, you failed again today. Look at that. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts of one sin, and that is that you do not follow Jesus. The rest is the devil's job because he is the accuser of the brethren. He's there telling you every day, shame on you. Look at what you did again today. It's not the Holy Spirit's job. Our Papa God does not do that. And His character is represented in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and Father God do not have a personality disorder. The Holy Spirit's character is the character of the Father. And He's good and He's loving. He's not there to judge you or to accuse you of your sins. Now the second thing He does. So the first thing He does is He convicts. Convict. Let's do that again. He convicts the world of sin. He convicts the unbeliever of sin. The second thing he does, we see in John 15, verse 26. Jesus says, again, speaking to the uh, uh, disciples before he goes to heaven, he says, When the advocate comes, which is the Holy Spirit, the helper, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. That's another job in his job description that we see in the word. In the NLV, it says the helper will tell about me when he comes. He will bear witness of me is a different translation. And another one says he will confirm everything about me. So the first thing he does is he convicts us of sin. And then he says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't forget about Jesus. He's real. He's real. He just put, puts the light on Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And why does he do that? Because he's not going to point out your sin and tell you you're a sinner without giving you a solution of how to not be a sinner anymore. Because he created you for a purpose that is greater than you being a sinner. So he convicts the world of sin, and at the same time, he says, there is so much more for you, and it's found in Jesus. Jesus is there. He's waiting for you. He died on the cross. He went through all that suffering for you. And I love that again about our Jesus and our Holy Spirit and our Father God, for their character. He does not give us our problems. He gives us our solutions. I love that. So it was God, the Holy Spirit, that awakened you and my need to receive Jesus Christ. That's how that happened. We were convicted of our sin, and we were told about Jesus. The Holy Spirit stirred something in you and said, there is a better way. There is a way for you to be saved. There is a way for you to be free, and that is through Jesus The Bible says that those who are sick need a doctor. And that's the point here. That's the only reason why the Holy Spirit has a need to point us to our one sin of unbelief. It's because if we don't realize that we're a sinner before we accept Jesus, we will not recognize the need for a Savior. Now, most of you have probably discovered that many... non-believers are not convicted of their sin, of this sin. They think it's okay to just go through this life without believing in Jesus. Surely it can't be that big of a deal. You just keep praying for them. For those of you who have family members or people in your life, and you just feel like, I don't know if they're ever going to, just keep praying for them. The Holy Spirit will do the job. You don't have to do the job. He's chasing. Remember, we can so easily as Christians fall into that which we think is the Holy Spirit's job to point out people's sins. But it is, it is not. The only way, role we have in people coming to see Jesus is our job is to show them Jesus. Our job is to testify of Jesus. That's why we're called Christians, which means little Christ, which means a resemblance of Jesus. Man, oh man, do we need help. We need a lot of help. But that is our job. We have to love like Jesus. And they go, you just always love me. You, we have to give like Jesus. Why are you so generous? We have to care like Jesus. I keep going against what you say and you still care about me. That is our job. And then the Holy Spirit does the convicting of the sin for that unbeliever. Please stay away from pointing out people's sins, people... Let's not be like that little 13-year-old Elizabeth. Do you know of her, the little Girl Scout girl? She was um, actually on the news. She was famous because she sold 11,200 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. One girl, 11,200. And they interviewed her, and they said, how did you do that? She said, it's easy. She said, you just look them in the eye and make them feel really guilty. Mm. It will work for Girl Scout cookies. It does not work for Jesus Christ. Okay? Let's not be like little Elizabeth. Now, in the New Testament book of Acts, 
Um, there's a beautiful um, scene, if you were to envision it, like I sometimes envision it, of Peter sharing his sermon. <coughs> and that shows us where our role is as believers and the role is of the Holy Spirit convicting. So Peter was um, standing up and preaching. And it says, do you remember how many people got saved that day? 3,000 in one day. Peter must have been a really great convictor of sins. No, he wasn't. He did not do that. And maybe it was because Peter, like, the order of the service was just so, and the way he interpreted the text, he used the right um, translations, and, you know, that's why. The, no, no, there was no text. G Peter pointed them to Jesus. He was like, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit did the convicting. I'm going to read to you. This is so good. Um, Acts 2, verse 36 to 37. Peter is saying in his sermon in verse 36, says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Christ. Highlight on Jesus, as you can see. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And they said, just accept Jesus. Follow Jesus. See how that progression is? We share Jesus. We love like Jesus. We be Jesus to people. The Holy Spirit cuts to the heart. Because we share Jesus, he gets to cut to the heart. And people will come and say, what do I need to do to get this Jesus? Oh, if we can all live like that this world would look like so the Holy Spirit is with the unbeliever again to convict him of the one sin not other sins just like for us the Holy Spirit is in us if we are believers he does not convict us of our sins he convicts us of one thing only righteousness reminds you what an incredible daughter and son of the most high living God you are and how you've been called to amazing things and how you were created for a purpose and how maybe what you're doing is not in alignment with that. But he reminds us of who we are in Christ once we are believers. But again, I'm not going to go too much into that. Andreas will next week. Now, what happens if a non-believer chooses to deny Jesus? So we've got the person going, the Holy Spirit chasing, chasing, chasing through their whole entire life. He's telling them, Jesus, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. You, you are a sinner right now. You need, to, you need to change your life. Otherwise, there's going to be consequences. And that person says, I don't care. I'm not doing this Jesus thing. I'm not interested. What happens in those situations? John 16, verse 8 to 10. We've read it before, and we're going to read it again. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. So the consequence is judgment. And that person is standing right in the path of judgment. And there's nothing we can do about that. There's consequence for choices, just like we experience in this life. The worship team can come up. Now, what happens if a non-believer acknowledges the conviction and says yes to Jesus? What happens then? John 14, verse 17. We looked at this earlier. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. We just covered that. 
and will be in you, the future tense. He will be in you. So get back to that relational journey. He's with you until you say, yes, I recognize that I have the sin of unbelief. Yes, I recognize that I need this Jesus who can be my savior because I need all the saving and all the help I can get. And I say yes. Then the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of me. Same Holy Spirit. What's the relationship here between the water and the glass? They're next to each other. They share the same table space. The Holy Spirit and me. Chasing, chasing, chasing. When I accept Jesus, now the Holy Spirit is in me. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, man, oh man, the things we can do in this world. Same Holy Spirit, different preposition. He was with us, now He is in us. The Holy Spirit's job changes from being there to convict me of my sin and to testify of Jesus to now being my source of power, being my source of encouragement. You know, encourage, courage. He's there every day to give you courage for no matter what it is that you're facing. He's there to give you comfort for no matter what it is that you're facing. He's there to give you wisdom when you don't know what to do. He's there to give you strength when you need all the strength you can get. He's there to give you the fruits of the Spirit when you're driving through the parking lot and you want to be frustrated. He's there when you are going into Savon and somebody is rude to you and you want to respond in a way that is not Christ-like. Why do we need all that help? Because the world needs Jesus. And the only way this world can see Jesus is through you and me. That is why the Holy Spirit hunts us down. Day in and day out hunts us so that we can have this because He needs us to be Jesus to this world. We can't do that on our own. We can't do that without His power. We can't do that without the spiritual gifts. We can't. We can try. There will be no cutting to the hearts. And when there's no cutting to the hearts, there's no willingness to say, I want that. Andres will go deeper on that Holy Spirit in us. And he'll also talk and bring explanation about what it means when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. We'll do that next week. So you do really not want to miss it. If you're here just as a visitor, just come visit a couple more times so you can hear this because this will change your life. As I close this morning, I, I want to ask you two questions. The first one is, where are you at in your relational journey with the Holy Spirit? Is He with you? Or is He really in you? It's a question we all have to answer. The other question I have is, when I shared earlier about, you know, that Thomas, um, Fr Francis Thompson, the, the poet, 
And when I refer to the unbeliever and I say the unbeliever is going, the Holy Spirit is tracing. What do you see in your mind? What does this unbeliever look like? You don't have to say it out loud. Wearing black with a hoodie, dark, red eyes. Maybe high on some drugs. Can I see some nods if that's kind of what you envision? You know that you could have been going to church for your whole entire life and still be an unbeliever. Matthew 28, verse 16 to 17. I'm just quickly going to read this one. The disciples, you know the disciples walked with Jesus for over three years. Every single day. Every day, every day, they saw everything Jesus did. They ate with Jesus. They ministered with Jesus. They learned from Jesus every single day. It's like, can you imagine what a changed person you must be and how holy and godly you must be when you get to do that? It's like in being in full-time ministry 24-7 with Jesus. Yet, some of them sat with unbelief. Because there's a difference in between believing in Jesus and believing that Jesus is for you. Verse 16 and 17, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, this is now just after Jesus rose from the dead. They knew he was going to die and they knew he was going to raise from the dead. They've been taught this. This was not a surprise. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And doubt is unbelief. Many people are faith followers without being Jesus followers. And I know that is like not comfortable to hear. But you've heard from Andreas' testimony. He he grew up in the church every single Sunday, his whole entire life, Sunday school, every Sunday night in church, read his Bible every single night, was in Bible studies every week, in a Christian school, praying every morning before school starts, praying before every meal. He knew the Bible inside and out, could recite all the books of the Bible. Yet when he was 19, the chasing stopped. Just because you're born in a garage doesn't mean you're a car just because you're born into the church doesn't mean you're a Christian being a follower of Jesus is a choice that we have to make it's a choice of coming to that place where you say Jesus if I can't have all of you in my life I do not want this life I don't want to breathe without you I don't want to think without you. I don't want to live. I don't want to go to sleep without you. Because I need you. And all of you is what I want. And all of me is what I'm giving you. That is a decision every person has to make sometime in their lives. And sometimes you could have been in the church for all your life before you get to make that decision. But it is never too late. Because he never stops chasing. the worship team to sing a beautiful song this morning. It's called Spirit of the Living God. 
And I know that it will minister to your hearts. But before we do that, I would love to give you an opportunity this morning to stop the chasing. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or been going to church. If you have never gotten to that place where you've said, I don't want to do church. I don't want to do Christianity. I want to do Jesus. You have that chance this morning. So wherever you are, let's close our eyes. I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up or do anything like that. This is such a personal decision between you and him. But I want to ask if the Holy Spirit has been cutting into your heart this morning. If you wouldn't mind just raising your hand where you are. If you want to say yes, Jesus, all of you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would love everybody to pray together. Let's stand with these brothers and sisters who are praying this prayer today. Yeah, stand and stand. Let's just all pray. So wherever you are, if you raised your hand, please pray this prayer. And everybody else, please pray along. Holy Spirit, I recognize you. I recognize that you've been chasing after me. That you're not any more interested in what I'm doing, but in who I am. And I no longer want to carry on without having your all in me. So today, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I give you all of me. And I ask that you will come and take all of me. Consume me Feed me and fill me in the name of Jesus. Amen. The word says that when just one soul comes to say yes to Jesus, the angels have a party in heaven. And this morning, there's a big, big party in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Let's listen to the song. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.